bikin Chair staff is ready when you are. Thank you very much, Julia. Good evening, everybody. Uh, we have some agenda changes today. So as soon as we finish the Pledge of Allegiance, um, I will need a an announcement. But first, we'll start with the instructions for public participation via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, you can find a Zoom link on the agenda. Once you've joined the meeting and wish to speak, please use the raise your hand feature when your desired item begins in order to join the queue. We'll first have the staff presentation, then the applicant will have an opportunity to speak. Commissioners can ask questions and then we'll open up the public comment period where the clerk will call upon you to speak. If you're joining us online, you can click on raise hand at the bottom of your screen. In the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in by telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine. Uh, to mute and unmute yourself, you can dial star six and the speakers will be called upon using the last four digits of their phone number. You'll have three minutes to let us know your opinion. Members of the public can also submit written electronic comments for the record. An email address and a link to submit your comments online are also available on the agenda. A reminder for folks who are logged in the Zoom meeting as a panelist to please mute your mics and use the raise your hand feature for questions and comments during the appropriate time. For commissioners, please turn on your cameras. So we'll now open this session and call this meeting to order. You know you're in the right place because this is the planning and design, uh, the planning and design commission meeting uh, day February 23rd, and it's 5.32 p.m. Clerk, will you please establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video at this time. Commissioner Boyd. Here. Commissioner Buckley. Is absent. Commissioner Chase. Is absent. Commissioner Caden. Here. Commissioner Lamas is absent. Commissioner Reed here. Commissioner Zong here. Commissioner Wang Commissioner Young, I'm sorry. Uh here. Vice Chair Wallace. Here. Chair Hernandez. Here. Thank you, we have a quorum. Thank you very much. And I understand that my internet connection might be a little bit spotty today. So please uh, bear with us on any technical issues. Um, we will uh, move on to the land acknowledgement. So please, uh, please rise for the acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenang people, Valley and Plains Miwok, 
Pooch Win Win between peoples and the people of Wilton Rancheria, federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands gathered today in the active practice and acknowledge of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's history, contribution, and life. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all. You may be seated. Um, so quick note on the agenda change. Um, the applicant for item number three, which is the Sacramento Music Hall P20-041, has requested a continuance to March 9th. Staff supports this request. We do need a motion and a second uh, to, um, to continue the item. Vice Chair Wallace. So moved. The motion by Vice Chair Wallace, I see. Commissioner Macias Reed. Uh, yes, second. Thank you. We have a motion by Vice Chair Wallace and a second by Commissioner Macias Reed to continue item number three. Uh, I don't see additional hands raised. Uh, Vice Chair Wallace, did you have additional comments? I need to lower my hand. Okay. Um, so, Clerk, will you please call the roll? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Boyd. I will be on video momentarily. Okay. That wasn't I by Perry. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Caden. Aye. Commissioner Reed. Aye. Commissioner Zong? Aye. Commissioner Young? Aye. Commissioner, sorry, Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Chair Hernandez? Aye. Okay, Commissioner Buckley is absent. Commissioner Chase is absent and Commissioner Lamas is absent. It passes. Thank you, Madam Clerk, and uh, thank you to the, the parties of item number three. Four, this is the Council Rules of Procedure Review, which is an oral report, file ID 2022-02319, also Mark not need a motion, but this is an announcement, and I'll also announce. Thank you all for your indulgence. Things out of order, so we'll now get back with the director's report, and we have by uh, Stacia. Whenever you're ready. Great, thank you, Chair. <clears throat> I have a couple of items for you for the director's report this evening. First, we are eagerly anticipating our return to the council chambers. 
in person for our commission meetings starting in March, which will begin with our meeting, excuse me, on March 9th. Um, just a reminder to commission members that for that first meeting, please plan to be at City Hall in the chambers by 5 p.m. so we can test equipment, make sure we're all set up and answer any questions that you might have about the operations of the meeting. Anyone who's attending in person can park at the City Hall parking garage, which is across the street at 10th and I streets. Um, while commissioners and applicants will be back in person in March, members of the public will have um, a hybrid option. So people who wish to speak on any items on the agenda can attend in person, or they can still attend remotely through the Zoom link on the agenda and provide comments that way. That's the way that council meetings are currently being conducted. So we'll follow suit. Um, then a couple of op updates on projects that were heard recently by council. On Tuesday, February 14th, City Council approved the Trinity House project and the Bell Avenue commercial project, which were both projects that the commission had heard at its January 12th meeting. And then this week on Tuesday, February 21st, City Council approved the Sacramento King Equity Ventures Cannabis Project on Bruceville Road, which was before them on appeal. And then finally, a heads up at our meeting on March 23rd, we're scheduled to hear uh, the 2023 election of the commission's chair and vice chair. Due to <clears throat> a change in city code, all boards and commissions must now elect their leaders leadership on a calendar year basis. And this is different from how the commissions typically conducted uh, its elections, which are always in July. So now we need to get on to a calendar year schedule for our elections. And this election in March will get us on that calendar year schedule. So more to come on that. I just wanted to give you a heads up that that's on an upcoming agenda. And that's all that I have for the director's report this evening. Thank you. I believe that chair, the chair is having um, technical difficulties. Can I just take the meeting? Is the chair? Yeah, yeah. You read my mind for a moment. Thank you. I missed that. What was that? Uh, Vice Chair Wallace, do you mind taking over? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so first item we have is um, P22048, Bannon Street name change. And we're going to have a presentation from Sierra Peterson. Oh, sorry. Are there any, I, I doubt there are, but are there any disclosures or recusals for this item? I see no hands, so let's move on to the presentation. Good evening, uh, Chair, Vice Chair, and Commissioners. My name is Sierra Peterson, Associate Planner with the Community Development Department. The item before you is P22-048 uh, for the Bannon Street name change request. 
Uh, the public right-of-way segment of Bannon Street is located in the River District and is the north-south street segment located between Bannon Street and Water Street North B Street. Sacramento City Code Chapter 12.04 establishes regulation relating to street name changes and authorizes the Planning and Design Commission to consider these changes. The River District specific plan establishes a street grid system that identifies Bannon Street as an east-west street and Sequoia Pacific Boulevard as a north-south street. The state's 17-acre Richards Boulevard office complex project located at Richards Boulevard and North 7th Street is nearing completion and includes an east-west street that is being named Bannon Street, which is consistent with the River District specific plan. Renaming the existing north-south segment of Bannon Street to Sequoia Pacific Boulevard is needed to eliminate a street name that could cause confusion and delay emergency response times. It is consistent with the specific plan. An early notice was mailed out to adjacent property owners and businesses um, and to the River District PBID on January 5th, 2023. In addition, two notice boards were posted on either end of the street segment with an early notice. The public hearing notice was provided to all residents, property owners, and neighborhood associations uh, within 500 feet of the uh, subject street segment. The public hearing notice was mailed out and posted on February 10th, 2023. At this time, we have uh, no e-comments. Staff notes that there are five businesses that will be affected by the street name change. Staff received two public comments included in the staff report as from one of those businesses inquiring about compensation for costs incurred as a result uh, of the name change. No compensation is required pursuant to Sacramento City Code Chapter 12.04, and staff has confirmed there's no funding mechanism to offer compensation. The commission's decision is subject to a 30-day appeal period. Barring any appeals, city staff will begin the process of fabricating new street signs coordinating the assignment of new addresses and informing agencies of the new, new addresses. It may take several months after commission takes action before these affected businesses will need to update their contact information. Staff notes that agencies such as the United States Postal Service has a name change um, address program that will forward new mail to a new address for a period of one year. Staff recommends that the Planning and Design Commission approve the street name change Thomas Adams with the Public Works Department, an applicant for this project, and is, is in attendance tonight. That concludes my presentation, and I'm available for any questions you may have. Thank you. Thanks, Sierra. Uh, just to clarify, the um, Public Works is here to answer questions, but they're not going to make their own presentation? Correct, yes. Okay. All right, so we'll open it up for Commissioner questions. Commissioner Boyd. Oh, sorry, Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Vice Chair. I was fumbling a couple of devices here. Um, I, I heard the presentation, and I must have missed it in the literature um, in, in your presentation, but what was the reason that in, a, in, a, in an emergency that the current name would be confusing? It would be confusing uh, with the new segment that's also located at um, the new, um, I'm sorry, the um, new state uh, project. They're also addressing an east-west uh, street named Bannon Street as well. So if we have two east-west segments plus a north-south segment, it can get confusing. 
That I understand. Uh, understood. Thank you. I, I must have missed it. But just to that, since Sacramento is laid out with east-west streets being, or east-west, um, well, it is a street, our avenues and north-south are streets, why would two entities be naming this, using the same name going in opposite directions? And this, the city is currently not laid out that way. Again, Sacramento avenues run east-west, streets run north-south. And are you referring to the existing um, east-west segment that that turns north-south? No, as you said, the state is coming in to re, uh, also use the same name, or are you speaking that they're just going to dissect uh, through where it currently is now? I'm missing something here. So in the River District-specific plan, there is a street grid that's laid out. It's also included in the staff report as a, a figure. Um, and it shows that the Bannon Street runs east-west. Um, and that's just to be consistent with the existing east-west um, Bannon Street segment. And then the, um, the segment from Richards Boulevard to Bannon Street, which is now Sequoia Pacific Avenue, that was developed in uh, 2011 um, with the um, construction of the bus station. So the naming is, is consistent with what's out there now. Um, if we change the north-south segment um, of Bannon, um, that's going to be consistent with the Sequoia Pacific Avenue that's already out there. And then the Bannon Street East-West segment, um, as shown in the River District-specific plan, shows going through existing parcels. At this time, those two streets will not be connected. Um, if the parcels develop between them, um, there is a street grid um, that would be developed. Thank you for that. And um, curious, in Sequoia Street, is, 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 is excuse me, is the name that is going to be used, right? Sequoia Street. Sequoia um, Pacific Boulevard. Or Sequoia Pacific Boulevard, sorry. Yeah. Hey, I'm screwing myself up here. <laughs> uh, with that, the, and that name came about how? That is the existing um, name of the street segment between um, Bannon, I'm sorry, between Richards Boulevard to the north and Bannon Street to the south. Um, so that existing um and on your screen, you'll see the exhibit that was included in the staff report. You'll see Richards Boulevard um, to the north um, and then Bannon Street to gotcha. the south. That existing portion is um, named Sequoia Pacific Boulevard, which was developed with the um, bus station. That um, And then the street segment in blue, that will be renamed to Sequoia Pacific Boulevard. Um, in the River District specific plan, um, you'll see that Bannon Street shows as um, one connected street. Um, that's for future um, development. If those parcels were ever sold or, or developed differently, um, there's a provision in there for a street to go through. Thank you for that. Thank you, Vice Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. I uh, appreciate uh, the patience with by the commission on my technical difficulties. Um, Sierra, thank you for the staff presentation. I don't see additional hands raised by commissioners for questions. Um, commissioners, if there are any questions, Vice Chair Wallace. They updated Zoom and everything is in a different place, but I didn't mean to raise my hand. Okay. I don't see additional hands raised by commissioners for questions. Um, so we will now move on to the public comment period. Sierra, do we have uh, any e-comments that were received after 5.30 p.m. today? 
I have not seen any e-comments after 5.30. I, um, I can check again. Thank you. Just give us a heads up if you see any comments after 5.30. There are no comments. Appreciate that, Sierra. Um, clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have two members of the public with their hands raised. The first member is Gordon Spector. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, go ahead. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. I'm Gordon Spector, Chief Financial Officer of Shutter Electric, and we, um, our business is on Bannon Street. We have been here uh, for 45 years, and we are an electrical contractor. And we uh, oppose this motion as we believe that changing the name of the street will actually cause more confusion, not less confusion in the community. Um, to our 810 customers, we have over 1,500 suppliers. And, you know, we deal with uh, the California Contractors Board, the IRS Franchise Tax Board, and changing our address is, is going to create confusion and cause us, you know, to spend a lot of time and money uh, getting those notices out to those partners. Um, in addition, first responders are very familiar with this area as across the street is a Union Gospel Mission. Uh, we have a lot of um, camps of unhoused people uh, right outside our gates. Um, and the police department is about 200 yards right down the street. The fire department is a mile away. They make uh, trips to this area all the time. And so I would argue that changing the name of, the, of this street is going to cause more confusion, not less confusion. Um, and so we are opposed to this. Uh, motion. Also, I might add that when I took a look at the figure 5.1 showing the proposed grid system and the figure one aerial map and exhibit A, it does show that there are large existing parcels in the way of the new Bannon Street proposed uh, near the Richards Boulevard office complex and the existing Bannon Street. So it might take several years, as you said, for everything to get fully you know, synced up and I don't, you know, there might not be a total um, straight line of Bannon Street anyway. So I would, number one, indicate that this could cause more confusion. It's definitely going to increase cost of our, uh, to, to our business. Um, don't know if the, if the vision of having Bannon Street go all the way across will be realized. And if it does, it might take several, several years. So why do this now? maybe consider waiting until, you know, parcels get actually, I don't know, removed so that the grid can actually come into fruition. If this does come to fruition, however, we do seek reimbursement for our costs. We pay over $5,100 every year for a business operations tax and a commercial rental tax. Perhaps we could get a waiver of these taxes. I believe this is a fair, um, way to reimburse us of our costs, and I appreciate your consideration. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I no longer see the second hand raised. 
Okay, seeing no additional public comments, uh, we will close the public comment period and bring the discussion back to the dais. Uh, commissioners, any questions, comments? Uh, and now would be the time to make a motion as well. I see uh, first Commissioner Macias Reed. I believe uh, Commissioner Young was first, so I'll let you have the floor. Sorry, Thank I don't you. know if it's out of. Yeah. Uh, be out of sync for me. Apologies. Commissioner Young. No worries. Um, thank you. Um, I had a question for the applicant. Is um, I think it was mentioned that the applicant is, is present and for questions. Um, do we have Thomas Adams available from Public Works to answer your questions? If we could please promote Thomas. He's um, in the attendee list under T. Adams. Thank you, Stacia. We're promoting him now. He'll need to accept the promotion. Thank you, Jacob. Sorry about that. I'm trying to get familiar with this. Welcome, Thomas. Um, Commissioner Young, do you have a question for uh, Mr. Thomas Adams. Yeah. Hi, Thomas. Thanks for joining us and being available for, for questions. Um, I was hoping maybe you could uh, maybe give us a little bit of history as to kind of uh, what, what prompted the name change and, 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 and why at this, at this present time. Um, did you get a request from the fire department or whatnot to, to, to make the, the change? Um, I was just hoping to kind of get, maybe get a little bit more of a, a background from you. Yes. Um, can anybody hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Um, uh, that the the Richards Boulevard office complex project uh, that the state is performing we have some improvements in, and as as they were going through the improvements as part of uh, the city's involvement with plan check, uh, one of the things that they brought up was the street name of Bannon Street, and so. As, as our engineers and staff uh, normally do, when we have a new street or anything comes in, we have to vet that through to make sure that the name is consistent and acceptable for emergency personnel. And um, actually the feedback came from the police department that when the name, which most street names have when they come through, they get vetted to, um, had an objection to either the state naming that segment, Bannon Street, or in the conflict that were the portion of Bannon Street that we're trying to uh, rename to Sequoia Pacific Boulevard as a conflict. And they were very adamant that, that one of the two things they had to change from their standpoint. And so again, we um, spoke with legal counsel with the city to see if we had uh, an opportunity to to maybe address the state and rename in there and which we were informed that we did it. And so uh, with that being said, and, and to be consistent with the River District uh, schematic plan for the grid diagram, um, that's why we pursued this and this, this venue just to, to be more consistent and 
kind of meet the uh, needs of a person, um, safety services to be consistent so it doesn't cause any confusion. Um, so it's really the development and requesting the street name is what initiated the actual um, trigger of us trying having to rename this portion of uh, Bannon Street. And that was from the state of California that, that initiated? Correct, because for their part, for their project. That's the development. Yeah, correct. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Commissioner Macias-Reed. Thank you. I, um, okay, so I don't think it's unreasonable. I understand in the presentation that um, Sierra had mentioned that, you know, staff had determined that there was no way to compensate the businesses for having to go through the process of changing everything. I think that could be reevaluated because uh, I, you know, a business has um, an establishment, then in a st clearly this business has an establishment there and established their um, address there. And it does cost a lot of time and money to change all of that over. I mean, they must, they might even have printed materials. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, to support this, I would want to see some compensation in some way. I think the city could be somewhat creative, whether that's through the business um, licensing oh, department or others that we could get creative here in helping these businesses be compensated by a change. If the state is, is coming here and saying, well, we need this change um, to occur, I, I think that we could figure out a way to, to, to help them in some way. Um, so I really, um, I, I hear uh, what, I think it was Mr. Spector, um, you know, his comments. Um, and as a business owner myself, I understand that a lot of money and time goes into creating marketing materials and, and, and having an established relationship with, with your clients and um, with others. And so, um, I mean, is there nothing, I mean, basically you're saying that the city can do absolutely nothing to help them with this. Is that the determination that you're making? At, at this point? Yes, we, we have the, that question was presented and, and uh, there was no financial mechanism that, that our staff or management came up with that would alleviate any financial costs that uh, that business or any of the adjacent businesses being affected by the street name change now. I mean, that that's, was the resolution that, that was bartered that we worked and see if there was something. But as far as I'm aware from, um, management, there was nothing in place that they knew of that they could present that will uh, be sufficient compensation for anything that it was affected by this uh, street name change. Well, I don't think that it needs to necessarily be financial compensation, but I think that there is mechanisms, um, you know, certainly through our, our city processes, um, perhaps, uh, whether it's permitting or licensing processes that you know, could help. I mean, again, I just, um, you're asking for, for a lot. Um, so I just, you know, Carlo, I see that you popped up. I just wanted to know what the, the reasoning um, and rationale behind that decision was. Yeah, Carlo. Thank you, Carlo Felix, Senior Planner with Community Development. Um, so Title 12 does not establish any um, considerations or um, standards that relate to financial compensation. However, what we can do as staff is 
there will be follow up um, addressing processes that need to occur to actually get those new addresses um, implemented. Um, staff can forward that and work on the behalf of these property owners to submit that application um, on their behalf so that it's done for all of these businesses. Um, it's not the compensation that would uh, contribute to uh, materials such as printed materials or uh, websites, but it is something that we can do. Thank you, Carlo. Yeah, I would I would think that um, I wouldn't consider this a minor inconvenience uh, for businesses and everything that businesses have been through for over the last couple of years, I think we could figure out a way to, to at least help support that transition and that process. Again, it doesn't have to even be a monetary um, uh, assistance. It can be just as simple as helping a business go through that process because it could be something that they're unfamiliar with. And um, I do that, you know, in my day job all the time, um, having, you know, going through the, the, the permitting and, and online process and helping businesses do that. So um, as long as, as we're committed uh, to doing that uh, and to supporting those businesses, I, 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 I don't see a problem supporting the effort. Thank you, Commissioner Macias-Reed. Um, I appreciate the point you make. Uh, Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, Commissioner Macias Reed basically took took the questions I was going to come forward with in finding uh, um, in lieu of um, um, some type of rewarding, not even rewarding, just um, um, supplementing the the cost and going forward. If that is you know something that can be worked about, fantastic. I don't know what the city codes are in regards to the um, taxation, uh, finding a, a, a way out of uh, what it costs for the um, rebranding, rebrand, not branding, but readdressing of uh, the businesses, subtract that from the taxes owed and or just putting it out there, uh, different options versus to say, well, there's nothing in the city code. In fact, city code says we don't have to compensate when we do this. Let's, if we can be a little more friendly. Um, and again, it's not coming out of, uh, there's no monies that are going to exchange hand at the general fund and or any other funding, but simply a reduction of um, uh, future collection would be reduced. Thank you, uh, uh, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd and Commissioner Macias-Reed for that point. Um, I, I also want to say that I uh, just want to express my appreciation for Gordon Spector um, and for your longtime business here in Sacramento and for taking the time to call in tonight to express your opposition and concerns. Um, we know that you're uh, very busy and have a lot of commitments, uh, and this is really important for you. I think based on today's conversation, uh, uh, we have an understanding of what your challenges are, and there's uh, at least uh, uh, some commissioners have spoken tonight that would like to support you in some way through this process. Um, so uh, I think that moving forward, if we're going to, um, if there's gonna be a motion to approve staff recommendation for this name change, that there's an understanding that staff is gonna work with the commissioners and as well as with, um, uh, with Gordon Spector on figuring out what support for, for this change name, uh, street name change looks like for him. Um, so I know he had his hand raised, but we did co close commissioner, excuse me, we did close public comments. Um, 
commissioners, are there any additional questions, comments, or motions? Commissioner Macias Reed. Uh, you said it um, very clearly, so thank you, Chair. Um, that that's um, that was really all I wanted to address. And it sounds like Carlo and the team are. are uh, available to help support that. Um, so I will uh, make a motion to move staff's recommendation. Thank you, Commissioner Macias Reed. We have a motion to approve, and I see uh, Vice Chair Wallace with her hand raised. I would like to second the motion. We have a motion and a second. Uh, Clerk, will you please call the roll? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Boyd. Aye. Commissioner Buckley is absent. Commissioner Chase is absent. Commissioner Caden. Aye. Commissioner Lamas is absent. Commissioner Macias Reed. Aye. Commissioner Zong. Aye. Commissioner Young. Aye. Commissioner Wallace? Aye. Chair Hernandez? I think you meant Vice Chair Wallace and Chair Hernandez, aye. Thank you. Thank you, the motion passes. Great, um, thank you. And again, thank you, Gordon, for calling in. Uh, we will now move on to item number two. This is 1195 Florin Road, proposed storefront dispensary, P22. Dash 015. Commissioners, do you have any disclosures or recusals? I'm looking for hands raised. I see uh, Vice Chair Wallace. Uh, thank you, Chair. I met with the applicant at the um, location. Um, I did not learn anything other than what was consistent with the staff, staff report. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Macias Reed. I also met the applicant at the location um, in an open house and uh, subjects were consistent with staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Macias-Reed. I don't see any other disclosures or recusals. Um, I will disclose that I also met with the applicant at the site and discussed issues that are consistent within the staff report. We have a staff presentation by Robert Williams. So Robert, whenever you're ready. Having having a momentary issue with this monitor. Seems to be the trend today. Thank you, Robert. We'll give we'll, we'll be patient. Here we go. Okay. Hi, um, can everyone see the screen? Yes, we can, go ahead. Okay. I'm Robert Williams, Associate Planner with the Community Development Department. This is uh, P22015 at 1195 Florin Road and South Lake Park Drive. Um, tonight, I'm gonna show you the project location, surrounding zoning and land uses, uh, description of the project, um, when planning a design review is required for this type of project for cannabis dispensary. I have some new information on a tutoring center that was 
uh, recently found. Um, we're going to talk about public noticing and neighborhood concerns. I refer to the co comprehensive cannabis study and provide staff recommendation for the project. Um, here you can see the approximate location of the project uh, with, within next to the pocket area is Interstate 5, Florin Road, Highway 99. Um, there's the executive airport nearby. And here is a little bit closer showing uh, facilities in the immediate area. And zooming in a little bit. <laughs> Whoops. Um, here is here's the site basically as it is. It's a building that was approved um, in 2006 and it was constructed in 2007. Um, so it's pretty much been through all the approvals and meets a lot of the current standards. Here's some pictures of the site from Florin Road near the entrance to the freeway. A little bit more so we can see. This is the, um, the north half of the site. There are three tenant spaces there that are not part of the project. Um, some of these have changed since um, this uh, photograph was taken. And here is where the cannabis the storefront cannabis tenant will be. The tire guys has already left, and so has the um, up the barber shop, the cigarettes and tobacco smoke shop is still in business at this time, but the other two tenants are vacant. Showing you a little bit around the corner. And this is the backside of the building where um, they will put a roll-up door and, and a little uh, driveway in there to kind of access for secured indoor loading and unloading of cannabis products. And here's a final street view picture showing the rear of the site where there's some trees and a masonry wall. Okay, uh, project description. Um, we have a conditional use permit for a storefront cannabis dispensary with a delivery service. Um, most of these do have a delivery service involved with them now. And we have a, a site plan and design view for exterior renovations, which really only consist of the new roll-up door proposed to the rear of the building. Here is, um, here is the site plan showing the suites proposed. Um, it's about 35, well, that says 3,506 square feet. Um, so it's about that size. Um, you can see the parking lot, the driveway, uh, all the layout, um, trash enclosure, and there's a little city sewer um, pump station in the back. It's on a separate property. Here's floor plan. It's proposed. Um, basically, these will be sort of, you know, all part of the dispensary. Um, the what is currently Suite Six will be the main retail area, and there will be offices behind it. But it's currently Suite Five will consist of some well, this is lobby to the retail area, and we'll have some other safe rooms and the. Um, 
the loading unloading area with the new roll up door in the back. And suite four is, it says retail area, but that's basically not for public access. It's more for retail for um, you know, deliveries. And here is the building um, as it is, um, showing, it's basically showing existing signage, but I put the line down in the middle, basically show the cannabis dispensary area and the other tenants. And this is the um, south elevation facing foreign road. And this is the rear elevation west side and there's the new roll-up door that's going to be um, um, put in. Storefront dispensaries. Uh, when planning design commission review is required, as opposed to a director level or an administrator, uh, within 600 feet of a storefront dispensary, within 600 feet of a park child care center, in-home child care, uh, youth-oriented facility, church or faith congregation, substance abuse center, or cinema within 600 feet of any tobacco retailer that has 15,000 square feet or less of gross floor area, not supermarkets, or within 300 feet of residential zone, and it's prohibited within 600 feet of a K-12 school. This site is within... 600 feet of three tobacco retailers, one of which is in the, will, re, will leave when the storefront goes in, and the other two are across the street in the um, Chevron and um, uh, liquor store. It's within 300 feet of residential zone because there's residential right behind it. And we've recently been aware of a tutoring center which could also be considered a youth-oriented facility nearby um, that's basically in the lot across the street in Southland Park, and I'll show that to you in a bit. Um, it's about 600 feet away, building to building. Here is the zoning area showing the, the zoning behind the building and the next to the building that has the residential zone and the stars are a sensitive use and a new star over here for the tutoring center. And this is a 300 foot radius map, just showing what we covered for residential zoning. That's you know basically our limit for the residential zone. And here's our 600 foot map, show the area we would cover for any sensitive uses. And you can see the dots represent where sensitive uses are. Um, so what we've got here is um, this shows the project site. And here I'm calling out the new youth-oriented facility that we just uh, found out. It's tutoring center and it's behind the buildings, um, behind a liquor store, behind a paint store, um, 600 feet away, building, building, but right across the street, parcel to parcel. Uh, the, the other tax, other tobacco retailer is in the liquor store, and then there's a tobacco retailer in the Chevron that's on the corner in the Southland Park and Foreign Road. Um, this is a view showing you the sort of street view looking towards the liquor store and the paint store. The fittering center is behind that. Um, this is a, some pictures showing the tutoring center. 
and another one from the other side. Um, it's it's kind of hard to see unless you know it's there. Um, staff uh, did some analysis today about the tutoring center. Um, it's permitted by right in this location. There's no land use entitlement needed. We have not found a business operation tax certificate on file for this site. This site serves primarily school-aged children, but also adults. Um, it's on a property within 600 feet, but just over 600 feet building to building. It's located behind the building and not directly visible. Um, we've been in touch with the owner of the facility and he's acknowledged the receipt of the public notice and has no verbal objection to the application. Didn't have any comments. Uh, public noticing, um, code and policy requirements. This project site was posted. Notices were mailed to all owners and occupants within 500 foot radius and all registered community groups within a 500 foot radius were notified. Mailing a public hearing was sent on February 10th, 2023. And besides that, we did a early notice on May 6th, 2022. And this shows our 500 foot radius where we, where all the people got mailed, cover all those parcels and all those tenants. These were the groups that were notified in neighborhood associations, uh, Southland Park Neighborhood Association, Pocket Greenhaven Community Association, Preservation Sacramento, and staff did not receive any comments from these groups. Um, neighborhood comments, staff received several emails early on about traffic concerns. And we looked into that and the Public Works Department data shows only two collisions over a five-year span and none resulting in injuries or fatalities. Um, this is essentially a right-in, right-out um, driveway, which is was what was approved in the original approval of this when it went to hearing back in 2006. Um, so um, it's been existing for a long time. Uh, Public Works has has added a condition to require new right turn exit only signage uh, in their conditions. And they've also reviewed the potential increased trip generation and determined proposed changes did not warrant a traffic study. The site has a lot of parking. Um, I think I said there were 34 parking spaces in there. I'll have to look at that again. Here is uh, some pictures of the driveway. Uh, looking out, Chevron Station, just trying to give you a visual of how that driveway is designed um, for some of the comments we received. Um, other neighborhood comments received concerns about visibility, children walking or driving by the site. Um, all these operations will be inside the building. Cannabis products will not be visible through windows and minors cannot enter the facility. Other emails we received were emails about crime, security, and neighborhood impacts, and staff defers to the finding of the comprehensive head of study that um, has basically said that, um, you know, these can't, cannabis businesses have not had a negative impact on nearby retail or industrial uses. They have not had a negative impact on nearby home values. They have not created increases in crime beyond the levels generated by other businesses. 
and this industry does not appear to produce negative economic effects on commercial and residential districts. Staff recommends this um, project be approved based upon the findings of fact and conditions of approval within the draft resolution. This provides a retail use in a building supported by existing infrastructure. It provides an employment and tax revenue generating use and the conditions ensure a safe and productive operation of the property and will not be a nuisance to the neighboring community. Um, that concludes my presentation. I'm available for any questions and the applicant and their team is also here. Thank you, Robert. Uh, Kevin, I see you raised your hand. Kevin, uh, you're on mute. Sorry. Let me start again. Thank you, Chair. <laughs> I wanted to take a moment and thank Commissioner Young for bringing the tutoring center to staff's attention. Robert, you could end the screen share. I'd appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Um, and and just wanted to say a few words about that. I'm I'm feeling a little a bit sensitive about that late information and feeling a little bit of deja vu given the council meeting this week and uh, the similar chain of events that happened in a similar series of facts. So um, in your consideration of the projects, I wanted to let you know, we did our best to find the available information about that use. Uh, we still stand by our recommendation for approval uh, this evening, despite that new information. And uh, in addition, um, I'm gonna make sure to reevaluate our administrative process to see if we can, uh, tighten this up. It's, um, you know, it, it is uh, unfortunate and it's not something that we aspire to as staff, even though we've checked all the boxes that we're used to and, and um, yeah. So I just wanted to share that. Thanks. Kevin, I appreciate that very much. Um, Commissioner Young, I see your hand raised. I would, I would like to um, move to the applicant presentation first before we open up for commissioner questions. Is that okay? Sure. Yep. No problem. Thank you. Um, I did see that Mindy Galloway is online. There she is. Um, and uh, you're the applicant for this project. So if you would like to say a few words or have a presentation, we're um, all ears. Yes, thank you. I would like to do a presentation for everyone. I'd like to just um, say, you know, hello to everyone. Hello, Madam Chairs, Vice Chair, and members of the Planning Commission. Thank you for taking the time to evaluate my location. My name is Mindy Galloway. I'm one of the 10 core storefront dispensary winners, and I plan to operate the storefront dispensary with the couch delivery at 1195 Thorn Road, units four, five, and six in the South Bend Park, Pocket, Greenhaven neighborhood. I'm the daughter of a Filipina immigrant and a Sacramento-raised Vietnam War veteran. I grew up in Sacramento and the Del Paso Heights neighborhood. Growing up, I was subject to many situations and choices that would determine the course of my life. I did not have the easiest childhood, and because of such, I started using cannabis as a teenager to help with my anxiety and depression. I started working with cannabis medicinally for myself and also for my dad, as it was one of the only things that helped him with his clinically diagnosed schizophrenia and PTSD from his time in the service. Seeing as how this helped my family, I left my job at the state in order to pursue my career in cannabis and cannabis education. I did this by taking a job in a cannabis delivery service eight years ago. In 2014, working with cannabis was not the safest job, 
I had to look over my shoulder in fear of either being robbed or incarcerated. We went through raid training at work. I unfortunately watched as some of my friends and colleagues were raided in the chaos that followed. One thing that kept me going was my family's story and the countless stories of those who were healed from sickness and mental distress. Lives changed and battles won with cannabis. Along my journey, I was fortunate enough to meet a group of advocates fighting for legal access to cannabis medicine for patients and fighting for cannabis legislation. One of those amazing people was Kimberly Pargyle from a therapeutic alternative storefront dispensary located in East Sacramento. I was lucky enough to get hired at a therapeutic alternative and complete a full incubator and educational program that taught me not only the ins and outs of cannabis, but also how to run a, a dispensary efficiently and compliantly. I'm very grateful for the storefront dispensary opportunity that was granted by the four programs and the ability to continue my mission with the knowledge and skill set that was passed on to me. For my dispensary at 1195 Florin Road, I have, an, I have assembled an amazing and most of all experienced team. We are not connected to any large corporations or conglomerates. We are self-funded friends and family. My business partners who are with me today, Deanna Garcia, and Haley Andrew have both completed the incubator program at a therapeutic alternative and have been working in the cannabis space for over a decade. We have a total of three core members on our team with ownership, myself, Deanna Garcia, and Elsa Romo. We are excited to support core graduates and businesses throughout our operations and are committed to the ecosystem. We are excited to create new jobs in the city and support the Sacramento economy as a high revenue producing business. We want to bring professionalism, education, and experience to the Southland Park Pocket Greenhaven neighborhoods to be a great community partner and a beacon of safety and support for those who need it. Coming into this project, we were thoughtful to reach out to the Land Park Neighborhood Association, the Pocket Greenhaven Neighborhood Association, our council member District 7 Rick Jennings office and the mayor's office. We were told about vagrancy and crime in the parking lot of our proposed location. We are determined to, we are, to help deter any crime with our cameras and security guard and help clean up the neighborhood. We have held six open houses, knocked on the doors of homes in our neighborhood and visited neighboring businesses. We wanted our neighbors to stop by and ask us questions. Through these conversations, we're able to brainstorm traffic concerns and collectively come up with solutions with the community members. We believe that this location, we will be able to provide a benefit and a service as a cannabis storefront dispensary and delivery. We have been working with the city planners to make sure we meet all the requirements. We hope that our plans have been sufficient for your review as well, and we will be here to answer any questions you may have. Thank you very much, Mindy, for your presentation and for sharing your story. Um, we will now move on to commissioner questions. Commissioners, if you have any questions for staff or the applicants, please raise your hand. Commissioner Young. Hi, thank you, Mindy, for your presentation. Um, Robert, I, I had a, a follow-up question. Um, in your presentation, you had indicated that you had reached out to the owner of the space where the tutoring center was um it is the owner the actual operator of of that space i'll, I'll take the question actually commissioner young since i was 
I was the person that called. Uh, okay. It's the oper- it's the operator, uh, James Shin. Yes. And he is uh, not the property owner. He's the he's the the name. If you go to cumin.com for the Green Heaven site, he's who you see on the, as the as the person that's the lead there. That's why I spoke with. Oh, okay. And so he had any? He did not have any concerns or anything like that. No, he was not. He said I, that he was not opposed to the business being a neighbor. He felt like there was sufficient dis, sufficient distance between the two businesses. You know, if anything, he expressed um, you know a concern about the homeless in the area, and that um, you know a potential byproduct of this business establishing itself is that the that they would be deterred from the project site and moved to his site. And um, so I offered my name and contact info to to um, connect him with folks that work on, on, on the in-house in our, in our city and to, you know, be of help. It's a, yeah, as much as we could. <laughs> Appreciate reaching out. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I think the, the other follow-up um, item that I had was um, I, I, I had concerns with the fact that there is an elementary school. I think one of the, a, a few of the letters mentioned Pony Express um, and I think that I looked on the map and it's about 2000 feet away, but it's, you know, less than half a mile away. And, um, I guess my, my, my comment on that is that, you know, while, while it is not within 300 feet, you know, I mean, it is still somewhat of a close proximity and, um, my understanding is that, you know, notification is sent out to the school districts, but I'm not sure if the local elementary school themselves and the parents and the kids who kind of walk through that area are necessarily notified. And um, I, I think this is a conversation that I've have had with staff before. I, I think in other other scenarios, usually it's like a high school or something, and it's like a mile or two miles down the road. While I still had concerns, I was like, okay, I'm willing to, to live with that. But but in this situation, you know, the, the elementary school is less than half a mile away. And and I, I, I don't I I do not know what how the district notifies um, their schools, but but there's part of me that um, <laughs> is not is not certain that that necessarily the principal and the parents are given that that kind of notice that that there is going to be something there so um i wish i had a question for you i mean i i'm just i i get i think i'm just articulating a process another piece of the process that i feel is create somewhat of a gap um because i think in, in my mind you know there's a reason why we we kind of put in this parameter that, you know, if it's within 300 square feet of a school, it's, it's going to be prohibited. You know, we, we, we value the fact that, you know, we don't want this use necessarily close to, to school age children or, or, or kids under age kids. And, and yet this, this particular scenario, while it's not within that 300 foot zone is, is still kind of in my mind, uncomfortably close. And I recognize there's a little bit of subjectivity here, um, but it is it is a part of the process that I, I hope that we can also address as we start looking at other um, you know other issues right like like this youth oriented center so 
Um, that's all. That's all I have. Chair Hernandez, you're on mute. I think you're trying to. Aha, thank you. Uh, here we go. Uh, Commissioner Young, I was just saying thank you. Um, I can tell you care about this issue. Uh, um, we're still on commissioner questions. I see um, Commissioner Boy, do you have a question for staff or the applicant? Thank you, Chair. Uh, yes, I do. I, just, um, I have a couple. Uh, I would like first to um, um, say that I appreciate Commissioner Young's uh, opinion on the walk past of uh, school uh, kids going to the nearby uh, elementary school. Uh, I'm not certain how familiar uh, Commissioner Young is, uh, or Young, excuse me, uh, is with that location. Um, I've been here for many a decades. I'm a frequent shopper at the grocery store and other uh, um, retail facilities across the street from the uh, applicant's proposed site. During school hours, both um, um, arrival and departure times for the elementary school, you will notice pretty much zero kids walking past, um, what is that, the west side of Southland Park in front of the uh, applicant's proposed uh, site, simply because of the intersection, which is Southland Park Drive and Florin Road. Those kids are driven to school and driven home from school and or outside of the neighborhood uh, catch a bus in the safety of a bus. Um, to that, because I haven't seen them, doesn't mean it, it doesn't exist at one or two or, you know, may walk past. But again, I have yet to see any, not only any kid, I haven't seen a, an adult walk down that street. Again, it's just not that, uh, let's say it's not walking uh, uh, accessible because it is, excuse me, because it is, but it's just not a friendly intersection to cross because right uh, at the corner, or excuse me, uh, less than a, what, 100 yards away is an entrance to I-5. So it is foot traffic. I don't, I hope, I don't think that would be a concern, but I'm just voicing my opinion on that. And moving quickly to uh, uh, two things, I do appreciate uh, our uh, uh, zoning administrator uh, bringing forth what has transpired uh, with this applicant and uh, and also with the city council meeting uh, this past Tuesday, when a, a entity pops up that was unknown prior to the planning and design commission meeting, either the day before or day of, um, to that, he is addressing that and I do appreciate that. And uh, I look forward to uh, uh, we all finding a way of making sure this doesn't happen again. Nothing's foolproof, but um, to that, if there, uh, it's good to hear that the owner of the uh, Youth Oriented Center is on board with the project, so that is great. Um, so uh, in fact, where his center is, I think that was the old cannabis business or, and or just like maybe two doors away from where they are. But uh, my last question is, I didn't see it, and I did see this as a uh, e-comment. Is there a plan by Public Works to put up traffic mitigation flex poles going uh, down Southland Park in front of the business that would prevent any left-hand turns coming out of the proposed site 
onto Southland Park and it would prevent any illegal left-hand turns going uh, coming off of left uh, Southland Park Drive into the business. So that would be a question, I believe, for Robert. Um, I spoke with Public Works. They didn't indicate uh, anything was in progress for this. You know what? I'm sorry, Robert. My audio went crazy. Would you repeat that, please? The, the, I spoke with Zara Lotson in Public Works, and they had no proposal to install any barriers at this time. I appreciate that, and by no means let that hinder this uh, uh, vote going forward for this project. But is I believe that would be something that um, staff would want to reproach Public Works and uh, in regards to a traffic study that was stated doesn't need to be done, but I would say suggest maybe a look back and say 90 days, uh, uh, an accident, police accident report. And if the uh, staff finds that it is a higher number than that had been happening on that very short um, uh, area, that public works come up with a plan to uh, do traffic uh, mitigation from illegal turns. Not our purview, but I'm just putting that out there. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. I don't see any other hands raised, so we'll move on to the public comment period. Um, I wanna ask Robert first if we have received any e-comments after 5.30 p.m. today. Robert, you're on mute, but we're giving you- I know, I, I went yep. on mute and then wasn't quite ready. Um, yeah, there's one at there's six. One. There's just one at six in support. Yeah. Yeah. It's Thank a problem. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take that as acknowledgement of uh, e comments online. Uh, we have one that was in support. So thank you for that. And um, we'll move on to the clerk. Um, if she can please queue up members of the public who wish to speak on this item. I have three members of the public that would like to speak on this item. The first is Richard. Hello, can you hear me? We can hear you, go ahead. Hello, thank you. My name is Rich Miller. Um, I've been involved in the cannabis industry for 30 years, started in San Francisco, working with AIDS patients and um, have continued working in the industry, moved into Sacramento in 2005. I do know the applicant involved. I do think she is very educated in understanding um, the effects of cannabis and is very educating on the uh, way organizations run and regulations. She has gone through the um, core, pro core program and done a phenomenal job and I'm very impressed with her. I've also worked with her directly at a therapeutic alternative in Sacramento. I haven't found a, a better candidate more served to helping the community and providing education to not only adult users, but to those medical cannabis patients that rely on educated staff to be informed. I understand the and the implications that it not think it will impact the businesses in the surrounding neighborhood. Um, I, I too have also worked at a therapeutic alternative and it is one of those uh, 
facilities that are as close to several sensitive uses that be be in McKinley Park, directly across the street within 100 feet of McKinley School. Also, they're um, directly within 600 feet of a public school and directly behind one block away is the Greek school. So here's a fine example where we have a number of other businesses and schools that are sensitive uses where therapeutic alternative has been very beneficial in helping the community, not in only supporting those other businesses, but making sure their safety is looked after with their security cameras. And I think this is exactly the same thing that would happen with the applicant in the pocket. Um, that being said, I, I just haven't found a better applicant more suited to the community and helping those. And I would ask for your support in moving forward. In addition to uh, their cameras and helping that community, uh, a therapeutic alternative also helps with the assistance of children getting to and from school, which is called our Yellow Brick Road, which our security guards go out and help the kids cross the street during those sensitive times during the day in order to help the homeless not hurt these children, affect these children, berate these children. So I, once again, I think dispensaries do an amazing job in the community. They help the community. They provide security for the community, just like I think the pocket would do in this instance. I thank you for your time, and I would ask for your support in passing this forward. Thank you, and have a good day. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. I have now five additional members with their hands raised. The next one is Danny. Hello, can you hear me? We can hear you, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair, Vice Chair, Planning Commission. Um, I'm calling in support of this dispensary proposal. Um, much like the, the last speaker said, I couldn't think of better applicants uh, for this community and the positive impact that a you know properly ran dispensary can offer. Um, it, you know, safety measures like the pr previous speaker had said, like security cameras, on-site security uh, personnel um, to help mitigate things like um, vagrants, homeless, um, even children, you know, loitering or, or trying to approach um, dispensaries or, or that are ran properly are really good at mitigating those things and helping with traffic issues as well. Um, but mainly, I'd like to say that I, I think this would be an, a tremendous benefit for the community as a whole. Um, dispensaries like this become, you know, gathering centers and meeting centers for members of this community. It gives them a place that they can find alternatives to um, unhealthy lifestyles, find you know alternative therapies to help them through things they may be going through. Um, you know, I know that this applicant has plans of putting in place programs to help the community as well. Um, so this isn't like you know a tobacco store or a gas station or somewhere sell selling alcohol. Um, these are you know very well regulated, um, very educated, compassionate um, people that are there with a mission to positively impact and you know change the community around them so i'd like to you know voice my support for this proposal and please urge you to do the same i'd like to thank you for your time and to have a good evening thank you danny thank you the next speaker is elsa
Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you, go ahead. Hello and good evening. Thank you commissioners for the opportunity to speak today. My name is Elsa Romo and I am a core applicant. Since 2017, I have been working towards obtaining a storefront dispensary business. I applied for one of the 10 minority core licenses and did not get selected, but was blessed with the opportunity to join this team of talented and amazing women. I have acquired ownership of this dispensary in our partnership Together, we make up over 40 years of experience in the industry. I have worked in other aspects of the cannabis industry, providing many core applicants with the opportunity for space and to thrive in the industry. I know together we will be successful and bring great value to this community. I hope that you join me in supporting us in getting licensed in this um, location. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Thank you. Thank you, Elsa. Thank you for your comment. The next speaker is Michael. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Um, sorry, I, I can't have my earpods in. It was I was having audio issues. But my name is Mike Snell. I am also a uh, I'm also a RFQ uh, applicant recipient of the Right to Apply. I'm owner of dispensary on 8125 36th Avenue. Um, I'm calling in support of this of this project. Uh, Mindy is is definitely a stand up. Um, the applicant, I'm sorry, is actually a stand up person of the community, um, and will definitely um, allow her facilities to support the ecosystem for uh, other equity businesses in the industry. Um, and so this would this would also be a, a another avenue for equity brands to promote their brands and, and um, you know, grow businesses, create jobs, additionally creating a, grow, a bigger ecosystem throughout Sacramento. I apologize, I'm at the uh, trivia night event here for Katie, uh, Councilman Katie Valenzuela, so I apologize for the noise. But uh, yes, I'm calling here in full support uh, for the applicant in this app, in this location. Um, I, I know I have plenty of friends and family in the Green Haven area that would that are definitely looking forward to this uh, this location, so they don't have to drive as far uh, to other uh, other already existing locations. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for your comment. The next speaker is Kimberly. Good evening. My name is Kimberly Cargyle. I'm the CEO of A Therapeutic Alternative, a storefront cannabis dispensary in East Sacramento, open since 2009. I am here tonight to show my support for this dispensary application and the experienced and educated ladies who own this company. These ladies have helped me operate A Therapeutic Alternative for many years and understand the requirements of being a good neighbor and making a positive impact on the community. You may have heard that A Therapeutic Alternative has operated for over a decade without a single complaint, even though we are surrounded by sensitive uses. We are located across the street from McKinley Montessori School, within 200 feet of Sutter Elementary and 50 feet of McKinley Park, Playground, Public Pool, Library, and Community Center. We've had numerous letters of recommendation from our neighbors, including the Montessori School, and we go above and beyond to keep our neighborhood safe and clean. We provide our security guards to watch the children walk to and from Sutter Elementary as part of the Yellow Brick Road Project 
in partnership with McKinley East Sacramento Neighborhood Association. These ladies know the regulations. They know how to operate a compliant business that serves the community. The CEO, Mindy Galloway, is one of the smartest and most compassionate people I have ever had the opportunity to work with, and words cannot describe how proud I am for her and her team. They will surely make a positive impact on this neighborhood. Thank you so much for your support, and I hope that you vote aye tonight. And thank you for all you do for the city of Sacramento. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for your comment. Next, I have Jay Hill. Hello, good evening. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you now. Go ahead. Great. Good evening. My name is Jarrett Hill. Uh, I, too, am uh, one of the uh, 10 RFQ winners for dispensary opportunity through the core program here in Sacramento. Uh, I had the pleasure and opportunity to meet Mindy and uh, in class with Deanna, one of her partners, and uh, working closely with uh, Elsa, another of her partners, um, in conjunction with our project. So uh, we, the team at Depot 420, are calling in in, in full support of, uh, of Mindy's uh, application and uh, location there on uh, Southland Park and Florin Road and uh, believe that uh, she and her team will be of a great benefit to uh, the pocket area and then just the uh, core and equity cannabis uh, business community in Sacramento as, as a whole. Uh, so uh, with that being said, I hope you guys uh, 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 approve her application uh, tonight uh, so that she might move, move forward expeditiously. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Chair, I have no more speakers with their hands raised. Thank you very much. We will now close the public comment period and bring the discussion back to the commissioners. Uh, commissioners, any questions, comments? Uh, now would be the time to make a motion as well. I see, um, I don't know who was first. I'm sorry. I'm going to go with Commissioner Young. Or was it Commissioner Macias? This time it's Kendra. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, no, I'll go. Thank you so much, uh, Commissioner Young and, and Chair Hernandez. Um, so I have a few things I wanted to say. Um, well, I wanted to um, first say to the applicants, um, you know, I went to, they hosted many, many um, open houses, as Mindy had mentioned, um, really, really took the time and effort to reach out to the community, um, the surrounding businesses, and really address any concerns. Um, I think that's really, really important. Um, I still consider cannabis uh, somewhat of a new industry, a new legal industry for you know us as commissioners, for applicants, for you know the city. We're still you know trying to figure this all, all out, and so I think those efforts really, really help the process um, for everybody. Um, so, um, you know, a while back, gosh, I don't recall how many years it's been already, but I do recall this commission or members of this commission who were involved in the push to recognize that, you know, historically we had created some undue or over-concentration because we were, um, 
you know, only allowing retail cannabis to be in these industrial spaces where we, you know, that were, you know, uh, far from residential and far from, you know, the rest of society. Um, and then we came to realize that, you know, with the limited industrial space that we do have and the land use that we do have here in Sacramento, that was creating some undue concentration and issues. And so what we decided to do as, um, as a commission was to open it up to uh, allow retail uses in uh, shopping centers um, because really this is a retail business, right? So we wanna see retail uses in retail spaces. Um, and that also uh, what we were hoping uh, that would do would alleviate some of, again, the undue concentration uh, or over concentration rather that we were seeing um, at commission. And so, um, you know, when I, so I have lived in this area and this community for uh, on and off for over 20 years. I am more than familiar with that location and have been shopping at that shopping center, you know, since I moved to Sacramento when I was 17. Um, so familiar with the Kumon Center and where it's at. Um, thank you again, um, Kevin, for addressing that. Um, but I really, you know, it's across the street in a separate and a completely separate shopping center. Um, you know, I don't see that uh, conflicting with that project at all. Um, you know, and then of course, wanting to address that um, Pony Express uh, is, is um, you know, a couple thousand feet away. Um, again, I, I, I don't see that, you know, if there were kids walking, which going back to Commissioner Boyd's comments earlier, I've never seen kids walking. It's a very dangerous intersection because the, the entry to I-5 is right there. Um, but even if there were, I don't see, um, you know, as a society and as a commission, I think we need to consider that, you know, there are a couple of locations uh, that have been existing and existing for many, many years um, across the street in that shop shopping center that sell alcohol and tobacco. Um, and, you know, I, at some point we need to, you know, figure out, is it just cannabis that we're offended by, or are we also offended by our kids um, being exposed to liquor uh, and tobacco as well, uh, as well? Like, what's that defining, you know, um, what it, what is that issue, you know, or is it just the idea of it? Um, you know, I have two kids and, and they see liquor everywhere at the restaurants, at grocery stores, it's everywhere. Um, so um, the last thing I wanted to say, um, well, there's two last things. Um, District 7 has uh, historically, as we all know, very, very few cannabis applications in District 7. Now, I know that that prior to redistricting, we had, I believe, zero applications and zero um, operating licenses or approved CUPs. Uh, now that redistricting has occurred, I believe that has changed slightly, but not to any, um, not, you know, there, there's no significant um, uh, number there. I believe it's only a couple of operating CUPs. So, um, you know, I'm not seeing an issue of over-concentration here. I think this is, you know, a, a good location for this type of use. Um, and uh, lastly, I just wanted to kind of follow up with the comments that uh, Mayor Steinberg made on Tuesday's um, city council meeting after the, de the decision of the Bruceville um, uh, application went through is that, you know, according, you know, we make decisions at planning commission according to title 17, um, that's the land use, but, uh, you know, the core program was really created uh, to, to to one, address equity at the city level, but also to address equity in, in cannabis 
And I, I think that should uh, hold weight in the decisions that we make because that was the intent and purpose of us creating that program as a city. And so, um, you know, with that, um, sorry, I know that was a lot, but I just wanted to make sure we addressed it all. Um, and with that, I would like to, um, so lastly, I just, there was there were quite a few letters of opposition from the community. And again, um, you know, I just want to reiterate that, um, you know, typically when, and even businesses, typically when you see a cannabis dispensary or retail location, which activates the space, you're going to see less loitering, uh, less, um, you know, vagrancy, less homelessness issues. Um, but also, um, you know, usually there are retail businesses that blend in, you know, there are restrictions on what they can post in their signage and, you know, on the exterior of their buildings, um, um, I, advertising is restricted. So you have to um, understand that I, you know, they're not going to be advertising to kids. I mean, this is not, um, it's going to, you know, blend in with the retail space that's already there. Um, so, yeah, with that, I wanted to make a motion to um, support uh, staff's recommendation um, of, this, of this project. Thank you, Commissioner Macias-Reed, uh, for your comments. We have a motion to approve staff recommendation um, by Commissioner Macias-Reed. Next, we'll go to Commissioner Young. Yeah, I, I just had a quick clarifying question. Um, it, I think one of the callers had indicated that there were some cannabis dispensaries that were within 600 feet of a school site. Was that, did I misunderstand what the callers yeah. were saying? Perhaps Kevin can clarify, go ahead. Yeah, so the therapeutic alternative is what we would call a legacy a cannabis storefront. So this is pre-Prop 64. So we're under a different regulatory scheme. Okay, yeah. so, so because I, I see in the staff report here, you, you indi indicate, wrote down that um, any schools within 600 feet are prohibited. So that it was at a different kind of set of regulations. Very, di very different. Yeah, we were at medical marijuana was how we, what we called it back then. Now, it, now we have, you know, um, commercial cannabis. It's pre, you know, pre, uh, pre 2016. So different okay. regulatory scheme entirely, different different neighborhood too. Okay, thank you. Hmm? Thank you, Commissioner Young. Thank you, Kevin. Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. I do have a question. I, I didn't hear it in the presentation or simply just missed it. I'm trying to find it uh, here in the um, uh, staff report. Is there any, um, is there mention of and or a condition in regards to that non signage out in front of the store uh, amongst the um, um, already established, not billboard, but I forget what the thing is called, the uh, marquee out front, and or um, any mention of not having um, signage in the window or on the door of the business. And the uh, last um, portion of the question. And um, as it was stated, the windows are um, one, I won't say one way, but uh, won't, uh, what's going on inside won't be viewable. So actually I just answered my third question. So never mind on that one. So the questions are, is there signage out on the marquee and or uh, will there be signage on the project site itself? Robert or Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Um... 
Just one second, please. Okay, um, there's not a specific um, signage regulation other than, you know, get signage, sign permits. It's not like, um, like the one in Bruceville where we were trying to um, make a specific condition that the applicant at that project agreed to because it was signage. I'm just double checking the, my staff report and looking through specifics. Um, Yeah, I mean, with this one, I just said conform to the sign code of the requirements of the zone and get a sign permit um, from the building division. So there was no specific thing that generally, you know, they they can't have, you know, they usually just have one or two signs, um, possibly um, double that since they're on a corner, um, but they're limited and usually the signage are not, you know, not that descriptive, but we don't have a prohibition. Thank, Thank you, you for that, Robert. Commissioner Boyd, go ahead. Sorry about that. Uh, thank you, Robert, for that. And um, if I can ask for a condition that no, um, what do you call the, um, almost said lunch meat, but the um, um, placard boards Oh, I forget what they're called, the lunch something um, advertisement boards that are that sometimes you see on the sidewalk or just off the sidewalk um, uh, advertising a business that no usage of that type of advertisement uh, as a condition to be used with this project. I'm not stating the marquee um, or the um, on the uh, project site itself, but um, the um, Oh, I can't think of the name, but I know I'm close. But uh, nothing that somebody could pick up and walk away and or um, outside of the professional uh, marquee signage. And absolutely no problem in having the advertisement of that's your business and draw folks in. And uh, I'll close with it's unfortunate that not all of our cannabis businesses are being allowed to have signage at their um, project site on their marquee um, reduced by conditions, um, both by this, this um, uh, commission and confirmed by the city council uh, under, we all have our uh, opinion and it is, we have gone through it, so I'm not gonna rehash, but for any business without promotion, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Um, uh, so to that is as long as the any signage is not a um, temporary in regards to walk away type of signage, I have no issue with uh, signage. Um, I was just wondering if if I had missed any conditions that were already in the uh, staff report. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Can I get some clarification on? Um, are you, Commissioner Boyd, are you asking to include a 
a new condition on signage? You know what? Maybe if I finish my point, you wouldn't have had to ask me. Sorry about that, Chair. <laughs> but I am uh, in, would like to include a condition in regards to no uh, portable signage of the, for the project there anywhere in its bounds of um, uh, of its location. Um, okay, I think I have a couple of questions. Um, if there's already a process for, for signage that will follow this meeting, I'd like to get some clarification on whether the specific kind of signage that Commissioner Boyd is discussing will also be discussed there. Um, I wanna start with that question and then I have some follow-up questions for the applicant and the maker of the motion. Kevin? Yeah, thank, thank you, Chair. It, if I understand the <clears throat> the question concerns uh, what we would call A-frame signs that you would find that are portable sandwich board signs you put on the sidewalk, those are exempt from our sign uh, ordinance uh, expressly as a, as a sign type. Um, so that would, I don't, I don't know if that falls within your purview to to limit if it is already exempted generally as uh, a sign for all commercial entities in the city. Okay, so it's exempt. It wouldn't be considered. Um, I guess, Commissioner Boyd, can you elaborate a little bit more on um, your justification for for that specific condition? The out of place, in my opinion, the uh, adds to the the street pollution of um, uh, over signage on a thoroughfare. Yet this street is limited by just this corner uh, retail shop and across the street, the larger facility. So Southland Park Drive doesn't have that issue. But the keeping in a um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for a more pristine look of not having a portable signage would be, uh, I believe would be a greater um, acceptance to the to the neighbors that live there and to avoid the youngsters being, whether they walk past it or being driven past, uh, being notified, hey, look, you know, there's a cannabis shop right there. Kids uh, peripheral, not peripheral, kids vision it, we have to remember is in that three to four foot range. Ours, we're looking at five to six feet. The kids are much lower to the ground. So those that type of signage is more perceived by um, uh, the youngsters than an adult. So I was coming from that um, perspective. I see. Um, okay, I understood the conversation earlier also being that there aren't a lot of children that would be walking along that street um, on Southland Park. Um, so it sounds like you're talking about A-frames on Southland Park and not A-frames outside of, directly outside the building when you, after you park. Um, I do wanna bring in um, the applicant to this conversation. Um, Mindy, can you provide us um, your thoughts generally on signs and then specifically uh, respond to A-frame signage if you're planning any? Um, we are planning a marquee sign. I think that's really important to the success of our business is to have signage. Um, and we are very visible at that location. We haven't thoroughly discussed the addition of A-frame signs at this moment in the in the process of the project. Um, but we can comply with any conditions the planning commission deems to be appropriate for the site location. 
I appreciate your comments, uh, Mindy. Uh, I will now go to the maker of the motion, Commissioner Macias Reed. Um, it sounds like Commissioner Boyd wants to make an amendment, which would be adding a condition to the motion. Yes, um, I understand the reasoning behind um, making the motion. I, but it, if I'm not, um, if I'm understanding correctly, Kevin, is that even within our purview to, to um, for signage to to make those conditions? Mm. I'll, I'll restate uh, the sign code. Ex it specifically exempts from the regulations A-frame signs generally for all commercial businesses, cannabis or otherwise in the city, whether the use permit is give, uh, provides a legal vehicle to uh, prohibit. I don't, I'd have to defer to legal counsel, Courtney. I'm sorry Courtney. to pull yeah. you up if you could opine on that. <laughs> um. I, I think the way to look at it is that the city council has set policy in the code that says we're exempting these. So the city council said we don't want to regulate A-frames. Um, whether you could do it, I guess that'd be a second level, you know, that we, but the city council seems to have spoken on this issue and said don't. Okay. Commissioner, go ahead, Commissioner Macias-Reed. Um, um, I mean, I, I guess I would defer it back to Commissioner Boyd. Um, it sounds to me like um, we, you know, we we don't. That's not, you know, something that the city council or the city would like to um, to regulate. Thank you for that. I will I'll, I will retract. Um, it hit me right after I said what I wanted to do that we were just told we can't do. But now that we've walked it out for everybody, hey, it was a great conversation. I understand your reasoning. Thank you. Um, so it looks like the motion on the table still stands. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Commission, uh, excuse me, Vice Chair Wallace. Thank you, Chair. Um, I just had a quick question. Uh, moving for the applicant, um, it's my understanding that minors are not allowed in the, on the site. And I wonder if you could just um, clarify for us how you plan to ensure that no minors actually get to uh, get inside the building. Yeah, thank you for your question. So it is um, policy and regulation for the city of Sacramento and for the state that we have cameras around all surrounding entrances and around the building. So we would be able to see through our cameras, we're required to have a security guard at all times during business operating hours, the door remains locked until somebody does um, enter or approach the door. At that time, the security guard then unlocks the door and lets that person in at that time, checking their ID. So there's a three-step system, cameras, locked door, and security guard that we do go through and maintain to make sure that there are no minors that enter our facility. Thank you. Um, I'm inclined to, uh, I will, I'll just say that I, I support um, the motion and I would like to second the motion. Uh, but I do want to leave the floor open for folks who still want to have more dialogue. Thank you, Vice Chair Wallace. Um, Commissioner Young. Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 appreciative of the fact that 
that the planning staff reached out to James Shen. I think that was my main concern that there was adequate time for for that operator to to be able to to voice his concerns, and it was a simple kind of a simple resolution, which I appreciated. So I'm I'm in support of the motion as well. Um, I, I will say. Um, just as a clarification, I believe the way the design standards are set is that there is like a separate waiting area, if I'm not mistaken, right? So so kids can't actually enter the facility. They're just kind of in this kind of waiting area, right? Uh, while parents or whoever are, are, are purchasing product. Is that correct? Yeah, they go through the lobby. Yeah. And the lobby is usually where they check IDs and everything else. Um, so they... And then they're let in if they pass, if they're 21 and up, to go into the main area. Um, but yeah, yep. they don't yep. just walk exactly. in. Right, right. Yeah, I just don't want to make sure that the kids aren't being forced to wait outside <laughs> while, while parents are, are buying product. Yeah, they're, they actually are in, in an inside area, so away from the retail area. So, okay, thank you. Thanks, Commissioner Young. Mindy, did you want to respond to that? Um, yeah, I just wanted to clarify, and it's, um, you know, by state law and by city regulation, not there is no one um, to enter the building. So no children are allowed, no underage persons are allowed to enter the building. And that's by, um, you know, the law and how the regulations are, are written. Oh, so they can't even come into the waiting area. Oh, okay, okay. My mistake. Thank you for clarifying. Um, so we'll, we're going to go to a roll um, to the vote now. I just want to say um, much appreciation to, to staff. Um, it, I know this felt a little deja vu with the last minute information. Um, I really appreciate you coming forward with that and doing your due diligence. I want to say thank you to Mindy, uh, the whole application team for bringing forward um, a, a solid project, as well as um, all of your fans um, in the attendee room and who called in to support. Thank you guys for coming out and, and voicing your support for this project and participating in today's commission meeting. Um, Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll for a vote? We have a motion by Commissioner Macias Reed to approve and a second by Vice Chair Wallace. Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Boyd. Aye. Commissioner Buckley is absent. Commissioner Chase is absent. Commissioner Caden. Aye. Commissioner Lamas is absent. Commissioner Macias Reed. Aye. Commissioner Zong. Aye. Commissioner Young? Aye. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Chair Hernandez? Aye. Thank you, the motion passes. Thank you very much to staff. Mindy, congratulations to you and the team. Uh, we'll next move on to, uh, well, we have item number three, the music hall uh, Project P20-041, as we um, stated earlier at the beginning and voted on that is being continued to March 3rd, excuse me, March 9th. Um, so that also leaves us with the uh, item number four in the discussion calendar, which um, staff has recommended and uh, to continue as well. Um, so we will now move on to commissioner, excuse me one second. 
Um, to commissioner comments, um, commissioners, please raise your hand if you have any comments, ideas, questions to raise to the commission today. I don't see any hands. Oh, excuse me, Commissioner Macias Reed. Thank you. I'm not sure if I had already asked this question in a prayer meeting, but when is the when are uh, when is excuse me when is the discussion relating to um, our review of the cannabis um, ordinances and sensitive uses coming back to commission? Do we still have Kevin oh, or perhaps yeah. um, Stacia? Greg's on. Oh, excuse me. Good evening, uh, Commissioner Macias Reed, Chair Hernandez, members of the commission. Um, on our work program, I had the second quarter of um, this year, uh, but Kevin had indicated uh, in a prior report back to Law and Ledge just earlier this week that that's been delayed about three months, so it could be more like third quarter of this year. We've just got a lot of things going on sure. with state legislation and other. What do you mean? You have a full calendar of op open calendar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys have so much going on. No, I appreciate it. I The only reason why I bring it up, Greg, is um, because we obviously have um, some new wonderful faces on the commission. And I just it's an issue that I know has been um you know of of great uh concern to you know some previous commissioners and of course myself ever since the very first meeting i had in 2019 and um i know that there's um you know a lot to look at you know a lot of history to kind of go over um before diving into some recommendations um including the last time we had this discussion and so i just wanted to um you know hopefully we can share some information with some of the newer uh, commissioners so that they could um, take some time to kind of dive in um, a little deeper into some of the history. Um, it would be great to hear, um, you know, some recommendations from, from the other commissioners as well. Yeah, we could certainly do a primer at some point, or at least when we come back to, to lay out the basics, but we're also getting a lot of good input during some of these, uh, these hearings, things to think about as well. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Commissioner Macias Reed. Any additional commissioner comments, ideas, and questions? I don't see any other hands raised. We'll move on to public comments, matters that are not on the agenda. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to discuss matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. I have no members of the public with their hands raised. Thank you very much. Um, so as we conclude today's agenda, I would like to um, adjourn in memory of Michael Notstein. Um, he was known by many. Uh, Michael was an urban planner uh, for nearly 30 years and he served several communities here in the Northern California region. He was a planning commissioner for an impressive 21 years. Um, he gained the respect by staff, by elected officials, and certainly the community for his thoughtful leadership over that time. Our condolences go out to the Notstein family, um, and thank you for the individuals who brought this to our attention. So uh, this meeting now stands adjourned in memory of Mike Notstein, and the current time is 721. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Have a great night. Thanks, everyone.